Welcome to the Rankin Baptist Church Podcast. Please note that all or some of this podcast may have been recorded during our live physical services at Rankin Baptist Church. Therefore, sound quality may be affected in some areas. We hope you enjoy the podcast. And we've been, we started a series looking at the power and the purpose of praise and worship. Because, you know, when you get saved... You didn't necessarily before that used to come to church. And when you come to church, you're not always quite sure what to do because you weren't there doing it before. And when you discover that one of the things that you and I need to be doing during a time of praise of of church is praising and worshiping God, we don't even know how to do that. So we need to look at what the Bible teaches about that. Now last week, we looked at songs in the night. I was reading Psalm 40, and um, this really stood out to me. It's just the same thing coming through. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry for help. He pulled me out of a horrible pit, out of the mud and clay. He set my feet on a rock and made my steps secure. He placed a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. That's talking there about being in a very difficult situation. It's like you're in a pit and the pit is slimy. So what does that mean? The more you try and get up, the more you're slipping. Ever seen that? Somebody falls down and they're trying to get up and they can't get up. And then he prayed to the Lord. So that's prayer over there. Then the Lord brought him out and he put his feet on a rock. I like that picture. Now you've got traction and you can move forward in life. So it's like that when God finds us oftentimes. We find we floundering all around in life. We know we're busy trying, but we're getting nowhere. And then we meet God. He says, start here and go in that direction. And we stop bumping our heads and walking around in circles. It's like year on year, you feel like you're getting somewhere. But look what he says over there. Then he says, God puts a song in our mouth. He gives you a song to sing about what just happened. Now, isn't that amazing? Because Job said the same thing. He gives songs in the night. So what is that telling us about our interaction with God? Certainly we pray for deliverance and God delivers us. But then God gives us a song to sing, unique to you and I, about what he's just brought us through. So who's the author of songs? The song about your life and my life. It's the Holy Spirit. And he gives you and I a song to sing. Do you understand the connection between the troubles we go through and singing? God says for every problem that you encounter in life, there's a song that will move you forward. There's a song in the night that will help you keep your joy, be encouraged. But you've got to make sure that your attention is fixed on God, not on the circumstance. So I'll put that in the WhatsApps in the week. A lot of times we are focused on praising God. Now praising God often has to do with what God did for us. Worship to a certain extent, if you were to distinguish it, focuses on who God is. Praise what God does. Worship who God is. But you know, a lot of people know how to praise God, but they don't know how to worship. 
Because when God does something, oh, God is good. But when circumstances change, they find the praise goes. And because they're not accustomed to worshipping God all the time, there's nothing to say. So you and I, I would say if we look at praise and worship in that way, focus more on worshipping God. On who God is. Because God deserves our, our worship regardless of what is happening in our lives. But if we're only going to be connecting some type of song towards God, when things go well, or when things don't go well, then we've got nothing to say. But you can always bless the Lord because of who He is. Amen. Amen. So now let's look at the second aspect of praise and worship. and I'm titling it three-dimensional praise and worship. Ever have, have you ever had somebody say, you're so one-dimensional? You only think in one way. You're just plain. Brah, there's a lot more to life. So explore other avenues. Alright? And the same is true about praise and worship. A lot of our praise and worship today is one-dimensional. We come in, it's the time that the worship team are going to lead us. They with songs over there. We're going to do our thing. Then we're going to sit on and away we go. And that's basically our praise and worship. So let's break that down. One of the three dimensions. The first one is upwards. Ministering to God. Then outward as we join the community of believers, of worshippers. Then inward. And that is the Holy Spirit ministering to us during a time of praise and worship. So let's look at the first one, upwards. The first dimension, ministering to God. So Psalm 101 verse 6 says, My eyes will be on the faithful in the land. They will dwell with me. He whose, whose walk is blameless will minister to me. Now you and I would think, Hello, what does God need from me? Isn't ministry helping somebody? So how could I possibly minister to God? I've got nothing that God needs. But ministry, the context over here, is not just giving something to somebody. Alright? It means also to worship. So when you and I minister to God, we minister worship. We minister thanksgiving. We minister praise to God. I like what Pastor Yonggi Cho uh, does in their church. So they are a big church, a massive church in South Korea. And they often have nights of prayer. They just pray and pray and pray. They can go all through the night. In fact, they have a mountain and they've dedicated it, prayer mountain. And literally in the mountain, they pray cubicles. And people will just be going there all the time, locking themselves in the cubicle. And they will just spend time praying to God. And then they will leave and the next person will come. But you know what he's taught his church? He says, before you make any request of the Lord, start by ministering to him. First, acknowledge the greatness of God. First, declare that He is holy, that He can do miracles, that He forgives sins. And once you can get your mind into the right frame of mind of who it is that you're actually going to be praying to, then pray. But unless you have got to clear in your mind who you're actually praying to, your prayer will not be what your prayer could be. But when you go into a time of praise and worship, acknowledging God, and you see, wow, I'm in the presence of the Almighty. 
your prayers will take an, another flavor, as it were. You'll have a lot more boldness. You'll be inspired because you're believing what God can do. So let's distinguish this worship of God. What do we do when we minister to God? Well, we worship Him and we praise Him, as I said a little bit earlier. Can we distinguish those two? Yes, there's so many little distinctions between the two of them. Not that you should separate them. You can't say, okay, now we're worshiping. Worship has ended. Okay, we're moving into a time of praise. It's like very fluid. If we were to distinguish it, we could call worship honoring God, showing Him respect. So, worship is connected to worthship. God is worthy of worship, worthy of praise because of who He is. He is holy, infinitely holy, merciful, He is loving, He is kind. So, Revelations 4.11 says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being god sustains all things you know if god was to let loose the reins of earth the earth would descend into chaos we wouldn't want to live on this planet anymore so we acknowledge that god is great enough to hold all things together so when we come together we're worshiping god focus on the fact that god is holy think about the majesty of god you and I will have to take time to learn about God so we know who He is like. There we can, therefore, we can praise Him or worship Him appropriately. So what is praise? Praise is acknowledging God. Praise is, God, you did a great job. It's a job well done. In other words, you acknowledge what God has done in your life. And you go back to praise Him for it. It's a form of thanksgiving as well. So when we say that God is a miracle worker, it's not necessarily who he is, but it is what he does. He has the supernatural capacity to work miracles. But then when he does that miracle, we acknowledge what he's done, and that is praise. So when we say that God is our Savior, really it's a form of praise, it's a title of praise, but it, it goes back to what he did, an act of salvation. So you see, every time God does something in your life, we go back to praise Him. So when God provides for us, we praise Him as our provider. But we're also just worshipping Him in the beauty of His holiness. Now the holiness of God is not necessarily doing something for you and I. It's just who God is. But when you acknowledge it, you worship God. So that's the way the two kind of hang together. Then the third aspect of worship <clears throat> and when we're ministering to God is expressing love for God. So David said in Psalm 18, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. There's a lot of connection between David and God right over there. But he says, I love you, Lord. Now, so many times we can come to church and we totally can disconnect it from God. We're just watching the worship team. Sometimes we're watching the clock and we just want to, can we get it over? Can we get to the sermon? Because I've got a chicken to cook. 
I love you, Lord, but I'm thinking about that chicken. <laughs> and that chicken is interrupting my worship. But I do love you. You know, God is listening to the words, but He can read your mind. And just saying, say, if you're singing and everybody sees you raising your hands, but God sees chicken on the brain. <laughs> God says, you're not worshipping me right now. It's just you and that darn chicken. <laughs> That's just plain foul. <laughs> okay, that was lost in some people. <laughs> but do you see what happens? Worship is supposed to be an expression of love for God. I want to say for a long time, I had a problem saying to God, I love you. I couldn't do it. It's not that I didn't love God because I'd kind of been brought up in a little bit of a, was it John Wayne? Era. Men don't say I love you to other men. Okay? That's strange. Now today it's like, But growing up, you don't say that to another guy. You say, how's it put? Like what you did. But you don't say, I love you. It's like... And now I'm thinking of God as a guy. I'm saying, you holy, worship you, great thing you've done. I appreciate what you've done. And I can't say I love you. Because it's like, it just doesn't feel right. And I had to get over that. Because the problem was in God, and it wasn't the way I'm wired, because all of us are wired to worship. But then we have these experiences in life, and they become stumbling blocks to worship. So I had to get over that and acknowledge it to God. You know, our time together has got to be God-focused. Our lives have to be God-focused. We have to take time to minister to God. Sunday is time for church. And the reason Sunday is time for church is because if you cannot take a chunk of your life and dedicate it to God, then really are you worshipping God? It's, you are God, you're the great God. But I can't give you a Sunday on a regular basis. So what are we actually saying? I'm going to worship you and praise you when it's convenient. As long as there's not too much other things going on in my life. Let's take the Sundays out. How about the rest of the, the week? Is there a time that you can take and say, listen, I really, really want to watch the next episode because it was the guy coming into the room with the, with the knife and that's where they cut it. Now I want to see what's going to happen. And then you say, God, I'm going to give up that episode for you because I'm going to take time and I'm going to acknowledge you in my life and that's worship now when we come in on the sunday morning it's just an overflow now if you've been brought up in a very traditional church you're going to find it very difficult to praise and worship god because most of what you did is with a book was with a book the psalms and gesang and you had psalm and gesang and that was it Okay, this is about as different as your posture is going to be. Your posture is going to be here, posture is going to be there, there, there. And that's about it. That's it. Praise and worship. And you were taught, oh, be very 
quiet when you come into the Lord's presence. You're coming into the Holy of Holies. Nonsense. You're coming into the Holy of Holies. If you went into the Holy of Holies, you die. Only the high priest went into the Holy of Holies. The Holies of Holies is heaven. Hey, you're just in church. But we're talking. And people come in and they want to sit down and the first five minutes is just... And then... There's a lot of religion like that. Now, if people like that say, you know, we're worshiping, we're praising God, if you tell them to clap, it's like, oh, we don't clap. We just want to be. We don't dance, we don't shout, we don't get emotional, we keep it together. <laughs> I mean, you can go and watch rugby in front of your TV and you'll be more emotional and excited about those guys running around on the field than worshipping the living God. And we think nothing's wrong with that. So what I'm saying is, when it comes to ministering God to, to God, you're going to find that you've got to get out of religion. Because there's a lot of bad theology in what we were taught praise and worship is about. There's also something wrong about this new emerging trend in praise and worship that it's about me, what God is doing for me. You delivered me from my fears. You do. Now, there's nothing wrong with that per se. But worship is supposed to be about God, not what God is doing in your life. Do you understand? It can't be a bless. We can't be a bless me club. And when things go right, oh, I love you, Lord. You did this for me. You did that for me. You did that for me. And when God didn't answer a prayer, then you can still worship God. Do you see? So we need to get out of a me focus when we come together. God wants us to enjoy his presence. Now, I want to say you're not going to be enjoying God's presence over five minutes. Do, 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 do. There's got to be a time where you just got to come into the Lord's presence and you've got to wait there and you've got to sit there. And your mind's going to be racing ahead. And then you've got to get to the point where your mind settles down and you can focus on God. And when you're not used to giving God big chunks of time, then you could be spending an hour with God, but it could take 20 minutes for your mind just to settle down and then you start to focus. It's only when you get to that point that you actually enter into the presence of God. For a lot of people to give, to give God more than 10, 15, 20 minutes undivided attention, that's a lot. They're like, wow, man, I'm agitated. I don't know what to do. Get it over with. That's because your flesh is irritated. If you and I live as carnal people in the week, we're going to find it very difficult to be spiritual on a Sunday morning. And if that is happening, I want to say it's got nothing to do with what the worship team is doing, how badly, how well. It's got to do with we've nurtured this beast, the flesh, for so long, it's running our lives on a Sunday morning. Do you understand? So the first thing we do is worship. In worship is ministering to God. The second thing is outward joining the community of worshipers. So David said in Psalm 42, I went up with the crowds to the house of God, a singing 
singing, shouting, and praising God. Now, what the Israelites used to do three times a year, they used to get together by their hundreds of thousands and go and worship God. They stopped the whole nation. Everything went into like a festive season. And all they did all the time was literally just praise and worship God. And they did that together. Psalm 122 verse 4, this is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord. Acts 2.46, day after day they met as a group in the temple, had their meals together, and ate in their homes with glad and humble hearts, praising God. Now look at what's going to happen in the book of Revelation when we get to heaven. Go to the next one. It says there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. All the angels, the elders and the four living creatures fell down on their faces. So the Bible says here you have the whole crowd. That's the church. That's you and I. Then you have all the angels. Then you have the elders and the four living creatures. Everyone is worshipping God together. There's not going to be a single moment in heaven when you will just be worshipping God in a corner. But so many people are saying today, Yo, I, don't, I don't need to be, be part of a church to worship God, to be a Christian. You do. If you want to live your life God's way, but if you want to make up religion, a DIY, convenient religion, then you can go worship God in a corner. But when I look at God's word, it wasn't me on my own worshiping God specifically. I also on a regular basis would need to meet with the congregation. It would be very strange if I had a family of 10 children and every one of them only came and had dinner with me. Okay, your turn now, you go, then you come, and then you go and you come. No, we as a family would be gathered around the table, we eat together, we share our lives together. So, praise and worship ought to bring God's people together. There has to be unity. Disunity is offensive to God. When we have uh, differences, uh, disagreements, offenses that we have not dealt with, the Holy Spirit is offended by that because He's busy bringing people together. You can't be on the outside of the community. God wants you to be part of the community. You know, in heaven, there's not going to be any neighborhoods, palisade fences, no denominations. I have it on good authority. There's not going to be a single Baptist in heaven. You better change your denomination now. There's not going to be a Baptist in heaven. There's only going to be the children of God. It's the walls that we've put up. That ah, the Baptists worship that way, the Charismatics that way, the Roman Catholics that way, the Methodists that way. Everyone's got a flavor and God says, when you get to heaven, leave your denominational membership card at the gates, at the pearly gates. St. Peter will take them, throw them in the furnace, and here's just the people of God. Because we're going to have to mix. Now, if you don't like mixing with other people, start doing it now. Otherwise, heaven is going to be a very unpleasant place for you. But if you get to know people now, heaven is going to be a great place. We're going to have a praise party. Woohoo! One of the things that we do when we get together, we affirm the tenets of our faith, what we believe, our creeds, we sing it. You know, some songs, if you read them, the lines, they're not specifically praise and worship, 
They're what we believe and how we live. And when we sing them, we reinforce our faith. Nothing wrong with that. God is not jealous of that. It's a good thing to sing about the things that we believe. So we sing that song, the creed. I believe. That's about it. You're getting no more than that. Because I'm going to wreck this sermon. But there's a lot of little creeds tucked away in the Bible. You may not see it like that, but they're creedal statements, what we believe. 1 Corinthians 15, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, He was buried, and that He rose on the third day according to the Scriptures. So Paul said, I received it, and I passed it unto you. What is he saying? I received a formula statement, a creed about our faith, and now I'm passing it on to you because this is what you believe. This is what makes you stand out as a Christian. The third thing is going to be a bit strange during a time of praise and worship is that is the Holy Spirit ministering to you. So what does praise and worship do for you and I? Well, it does a lot. Now I'm going to take you back. You know that song, He Touched Me? Oh, yes, that's it. That's again all you're going to get this morning. He touched me. But what does that song mean? It really means that God touched me and my life was changed. Now, how does God touch you? Expect, except that in the presence of God, God reaches down. He sees what's happening in your life. He says, you need a little bit of this. So he touches me. And I feel different. There's an encounter between us and God during a time of praise and worship. So you should expect to meet with God. Now, God doesn't need you and I just to be focusing on Him all the time when we're focusing on Him but carrying a burden. God will say, listen, I want you to be free in my presence and this thing is a stumbling block. So let me lift the burden and God touches us. And so the amazing thing is when you are in a time of praise and worship, you may find that the Holy Spirit comes to you and He starts to minister to you. So Psalm 73, 16 says, When I tried to understand all of this, it was oppressive to me till I entered the sanctuary of God. So he says when he was looking at the seeming injustice of the world, he became very oppressed. His thoughts became oppressive thoughts. Lord, this is not right. It's not fair. And then he went into the presence of God and sitting in the presence of God, lifted his mood, changed his mood. He left there. Do you see? God changed his mood. Psalm 16, 11, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. The Lord is my strength and my song. You see, the Holy Spirit touches us. But you and I need to come expecting. You may be focused on worshiping God, and then you find the focus turns to you. But you didn't turn the focus to you. God turned the focus to you. So he turns the focus and he says, listen, I'm peeling away the onions and I want to deal with that in your life. Because you don't really, you're not really free. You don't have the joy, the faith that you're supposed to have. Because this thing is something holding you back. So let me remove it. Then the next time you come, you're, you're unshackled, as it were. So Kenneth Hagin, he shared a testimony about this particular point. He said of a, he was talking about a missionary who had contracted smallpox. At that point, there was no vaccine for it. If you got it, it was fatal. You could be killed. But this missionary began praying to the Lord about her sickness. The Lord then gave her a vision of a scale, an old-fashioned scale. And he said, this scale is totally unbalanced. 
He said, on the one side of the scale is all the prayers you've been praying. You've just been praying and believing and praying and believing. And on the other side of the scale, the light part was just a little bit of praise. And God said to her, all you're doing is praying and praying and praying, but you're getting to the point of desperation. If you will start praising me as the healer, you will find that your healing will come. So she stopped praying desperate prayers and started to praise and praise and praise and praise and praise and praise and acknowledge God as the healer. There was balance and then God healed her. Because God said to her, it's not just prayer that brings a breakthrough. It's when you declare my praises that the breakthrough comes. Sometimes you don't even need to be praying to God about it. You just need to be declaring something. So that is how praise changes us. There was another person who used to be part of this church, came to youth group many times. He said he never made a commitment to salvation despite the altar calls. That there was a, one night they were singing a song and part of the phrase of the song was leaving the 99. And what God was saying in that song, the words of the song were expressing, God would leave the 99 and find the lost sheep. And he said, it's like me. I was that lost sheep. He'd grown up in a broken home, away from his parents. His grandparents were raising him. So he felt dealt with a lot of rejection. And then in that song, God said to him, but you are special. I would leave the 99 for you. And that gave him a breakthrough. That's what brought about his salvation. It was an encounter with God. So when you and I come together, we need to take time to be in God's presence. And then you may be very surprised that God will turn the focus to a need that you have. And the Holy Spirit will be pleased to meet that need. Allow the songs you sing to minister. If we're singing, Lord, you're the lifter of my head, then allow the Lord to deal with a weight of heaviness. If you're saying, God, you delivered me from my fears, then let the Lord let that sink into your soul. When you sing about songs of holiness, you have to allow the Lord to strip away every bit of sin and unrighteousness from your life. Enjoy God's presence. If you're under a weight of just you, you're a burden of anger and confusion and depression, go into the Lord's presence and say, Lord, this heart is not the heart that you want me to live with. But in your presence, I want you to start taking it away and I surrender it. And as you surrender it, you find that your heart changes. But now the act of surrendering is not quite worshipping God. It seems to be about you. But when you allow God to do that and believe God that He can do it, you're actually expressing praise. You're actually saying, God, I believe you can take this burden away. And when you say, I believe, you really are praising and worshipping God. So when you and I come together, and whenever we praise and worship, whether we are alone or as a community, there are three aspects. One of the things that you're coming to do on a Sunday or any other time is, this is God's time. Lossi <laughs> Unit, leave that chicken, clear your mind, focus on the songs that you're singing, you want to bless the Lord. Then don't try and do it alone, you're part of a community. And God is only going to be taking a community to heaven. We're even going to be with a community of angels. And then don't be surprised that as you praise and worship God, God may bless you and do something amazing in your heart. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, 
Remember to share it with people you feel may be encouraged by it as well. Also remember, for more resources, to watch our video sermons, or to find out more about Ramsey Baptist Church, visit us online at www.rbaptchurch.org.